Welcome to the official Ronnie Landis podcast show, where you learn to upgrade the human experience through natural nutrition, lifestyle design, and consciousness engineering. This is no ordinary health or personal growth podcast, and Ronnie Landis is definitely no ordinary host. Get ready to receive your upgrade in all you believed was possible, starting now. Greetings, everyone. Ronnie Landis here, and welcome to another edition of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. And I am really, really excited to share this episode with all of you. And um, I am actually, right now, as I'm recording this, I am overlooking the most amazing landscape here in Luxor, Egypt. I've been on uh, incredible journey here in Egypt with one of my mentors, Michael Bernard Beckwith, who will be on the show very soon. You'll get to check that episode out and just how brilliant that conversation is. But I'm just overlooking this incredible view. It's so inspiring. It's so uh, just uh, awe-inspiring on all levels. And It's really exciting me about all the possibilities that exist for each one of us when we make ourselves available for all the possibilities, the potential, and what our life can be like when we let go of resistance, when we treat the obstacles that are in the way as the way, as the very thing that we are guided to explore, the things that we have resistances to. Those are the things that we are meant to explore and to release and to embrace in many cases in our life that allow us to transcend these blockages, to transcend these these self-challenges, these self-conflicts, I I mean to say, um, that create challenges for ourselves in terms of what we want to create in our life to truly align our purpose, passion, and all the amazing things that we are looking to create in life. And that's one of the things that I've really anchored in and really have explored um, in my time here in Egypt. I still have another week to go, so more updates for all of you that have been following me. But it's providing an interesting energy for me as I'm going to introduce this episode with my dear friend Heidi Bradley because this conversation really goes in multiple directions and the work that she does as um, as a holistic wellness practitioner and helping people on many different levels of their health and lifestyle is very unique and it's very interesting and the reason I wanted to bring her on the show is A, she is highly passionate, highly authentic, and she delivers a really beautiful exploration into her personal journey, how she got started with her health journey and personal development. And then we go into the depth of her work. And one of the interesting things about her work is that she does a form of facial recognition. Um, I don't know if that's the technical term that you would, that she would really use to describe her work, but it's, it's a type of, um, way of, reading your health or reading the body's state of harmony or disharmony via what's showing up on the face. So we know that our face shows certain signs or symptoms of where our organ alignment may be, where our health may be, where our kidneys or our liver may be. It shows up in certain signs in our skin. And she goes a step further, even in this interview, which I found really interesting. I wasn't expecting it, but I have to say it was really, really fascinating where she says that there's certain features in the face that that um, indicate somebody's um, uh, money archetype, for example, and how if you know where your archetype is, which you can read based on certain features in your facial your facial template, um, that can help you understand your money archetype and your financial proclivity and how you can kind of like 
uh, I guess, dial that in for yourself. It's really, really fascinating perspective and one that I thought was really interesting. So we pushed the button on that, and I think everybody is really going to find that really, really fascinating and hopefully useful as they dial in their money magnet. Um, but obviously, that's only a little bit of what we discuss. We really dive into a number of areas. We, we really uncover uncharted territory in this episode. And um, yeah, I'm going to leave it at that and just dive right in. So without further ado, I want to introduce Heidi Bradley. Enjoy. Heidi Bradley is a compassionate service professional offering health mixology services and education through ElixirLab.com. Her purpose is to assist humanity to living in a body of health amongst all the transformation that we are experiencing in our current times of change. Elixir Lab is an innovative health certification program dedicated to the cultivation and education of the new esoteric health modalities for the Western world. Studying at Elixir Lab is comparable to an Ivy League education for compassionate health professionals. She carries a prayer in her heart that you may find all the resources that you require to harmonize your being with ease, grace, and simplicity. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here. I'm so honored to be here. Yeah, I I know we have so much territory to cover, and there's going to be so much juicy twists and turns to this conversation, and everybody is going to get a whole breadth and depth of insight from you in our conversation. I'm just really excited about the whole thing. Thank you, Ronnie. Me too. I, I, you know, looking at your eyes before we spoke, I was like, yes, you're more plugged in when we, <laughs> since last time I saw you. And so am I. So, oh yes, we are brilliant mirrors for each other in the transformation that we have gone through. And now with the light that we get to share, I'm just so honored to have you as a mirror in my life. Mm, I really appreciate that. And I will reflect that right back at you. Yes. Mm. Wow. Okay, so let's jump into this. Uh, before we jump into the technical stuff and a little more of those details, I want to just talk about a little bit about your journey into the health world and how you were led into the very specific work that you do now. Obviously, there was a there was some kind of impulse that catal- that catapulted you into the work. So let's talk a little bit about that journey. Oh, absolutely. Well, um, when I was 11 years old, I was vegan and I was picketing McDonald's, <laughs> actually asking them to just put veggies on their menu. This was in 1991 and I went with my mom and my, her yoga teacher and say, please put veggies on the menu. We weren't even asking them to go out of business. You know, I, I realized that you can't put people out of business. People have free will and choice, but at least give people more choice. <laughs> So then, um, then shortly, you know, fast forward four years, I, I hopped on the zone diet and Atkins diet and then, um, was a competitive athlete for swimming and got a scholarship to play water polo actually at San Diego state university. And then with the, the, all the factors, of epigenetics of stress with highly competitive business school, um, as well as working 40 to 60 hours a week and taking 15 credit hours in a highly competitive business school at San Diego State University and being a student athlete. All those factors put together launched out uh, a shadow aspect of myself that I didn't know was possible. And so during the day, I turned into Mrs. Perfect, Mr. Hyde. (laughs) And I would eat everything that was supposedly healthy, even though I know better now, you know, like protein bars or protein powder and all these supplements. I was taking 
I mean, yeah, I was like 20 years old and taking all, all kinds of supplements mm-hmm. in college and um, doing perfect during the day. And then at night, Dr. Jekyll came out and I would eat whatever was in the fridge. And it got so bad after about a year of experiencing Dr. Jekyll. Yes, weight gain happened a lot and other eating disorders because it's like, why are you eating this? But then it just, Dr. Jekyll totally took me over. Like, I really felt like I wasn't myself. Like I felt my consciousness was 15, 20 feet in the air, looking down at this vessel, this body saying, who is this person? This is not Heidi. This is, who is driving this vehicle? Ah! You know, it's just so wild. And so I was trying to do everything. I went to the doctors and, you know, oh, I'm so embarrassed. I'm eating my roommate's food. <laughs> and, and they, you know, I'm telling them the stories about like, I ate my roommate's food and then blah, blah. And they just looked at me like a deer in headlights like who uh uh i don't know here's an anxiety pill and a sleeping pill <laughs> and then i went to the eating disorder clinics and then oh well here's another prescription of a different flavor of anxiety pills and sleeping pills and because everyone gave me this like deer in headlights look like what I've never heard of this before. And then at the eating disorder clinics, they offered me, can we research you? And I went, screw that. I've read the studies. I think it's psychology classes. I am not being a lab rat, which is ironic for my brand is now Elixir Lab. And I do laboratory sessions on people, with, but with compassion. So, so there I was, 20 years old, freaking out, nothing worked, trying everything myself. And then I'm like, okay, whatever. You know what? Didn't work. I'll go... I'll go to the crystal people because my mom, she would, as a teenager and through college, she was put in that category of the root weird crystal lady. (laughs) Like, okay, she's nice. I just don't get it. But (laughs) this sucks so bad. No doctor can help me. No psychologist can help me. And I'm going insane. I need some help. So I went, I went to the weird crystal people and psychics and I, and I got all these sessions and, but I still had Dr. Jekyll there. And, um, (laughs) out of all those uh, sessions that I went to, three of them yelled at me. One of them, she, it was like this huge critical parent saying, stop it! She, she had her hand in her fist and she was channeling my shadow side. She was channeling Dr. Jekyll right back at me saying, stop it, stop it, stop it. You're killing yourself. And I was, oh, gave up. Surrender. This was, you know, strong when I'm with her receiving the critical parent. I had a strong critical parent as a child and as a teenager, so I could, I could handle a critical parent coming at me in the moment, in the now. But then that night broke down. No expert can help me. What do I get to do? And then eventually, so then shortly after that, I figured out that if I locked myself. This is after I moved back home. If I locked myself in my mother's basement in a room where I turned the handles so that I could lock myself in the room, Dr. Jekyll wasn't smart. He wasn't an intelligent man. But this was, I was four and a half years into the eating disorder and Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, and trying to be perfect. So I figured out if I turned the locks the wrong way and I was, um, I was living rent-free in my mom's basement and she, I'd lock myself in the room. And the doctor would come out, Dr. Jekyll would come out, and there was a big mirror in that room, and so dozens and dozens of nights for a couple years, Dr. Jekyll would come out and scream. So I would look in the mirror and scream at myself. Because no one could help me. I kept going to natural pass, and then, but I had a little more money because I had, I had graduated from college, so I had a little more money. I'd go to natural pass and acupuncturists and chiropractors and... Everyone helped me a little, but no one got me to the core until I found kinesiology. And then I became a professional because it really did help me. And then, yeah, I mean, the story can keep going, but now in, in 2010, I mean, can, can I keep going? <laughs> Where are you at, Ronnie? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good, because it, it's, it's like a flood that's moving through me. So then in 2010... I had a quantum moment when I um, was with a client who I had assisted coming off of her deathbed. Because the modalities of kinesiology that I'm trained in 
are, I would have a master's degree if I lived in Australia and I would be covered by health insurance. I would be working side by side with medical, Western medicine physicians. And some of my colleagues even work in hospitals in Australia and Canada and um, dozens of countries in Europe. And yet I live in Salt Lake City, Utah. I, I get to hold the light here. So there I was in 2010 with a client who actually had assisted coming off of her deathbed. She was in her late 70s, and so, you know, there was no expectations, but I, she was ready for it. So then, two and a half years into her relationship, she comes in, and I'm going through her pre-checks, you know, checking, reading her form, and, and then my higher self says, ask her what she's doing here. I was like, what? Okay. Hey, hey, dear, dear sweetie, um, let's get into Sue. What? Why are you here today? How can I serve you? And she just does this cute, adorable little old lady smile and shrugs her shoulders and says, "I made the appointment. <laughs> I'm here." Basically, she's just—you know—she's now in her 80s. She's just happy to get out of the house and socialize. So, and then I had a quantum moment of receiving essentially like a PhD on interpersonal relationships, serving as an esoteric professional, and went, "Holy chisel dizzle! Eighty percent of my clients are codependent relationships." Oh, mm. oh. no! Oh, I know codependency. But I need the money, too, because I have this training that I have to finish paying off for. I put on a credit card, I need to pay it off for. I was like, oh, okay, well, then what do I do? So as a kinesiologist, I'm training in the, muscle, in the muscle testing where the client lays flat, prostrate on their back, and I muscle test, I can muscle test any skeletal muscle as a kinesiologist. And so typically we're muscle testing the brachioradialis. That's one of the forearm muscles. That attaches on the radialis side or thumb side of the forearm. And um, I realized, and so part of that quantum moment was all my clients were surrendering their health authority over to me. I was their doctor. But I knew inside, I can't be the doctor. I'm not the doctor. They're, the doctor's within. But the modality of service that I was trained in surrendered, uh, like, really greatly facilitates the kids. We're standing above them, looking down at them. They're completely vulnerable and open, like on a psychic surgery table. And then with the energy work that I do, it's many yogic mudras and acupressure points and all different matrices of basically calculus with esoteric work to assist someone in receiving the messages from their innate body. And it is beautiful and it is perfect. It is the best thing that we had available to us before the procession of the equinoxes happened. And the procession of the equinoxes, December 21st, 2012. After that, so after this client, I took her money. I sat her down. I at least did the session eye to eye so that the personal responsibility was more of equal than of me standing above her while she's on the table. But I still took her money. She didn't need my help that day. Maybe she could have used it another moment, but that day she didn't need my help. She just wanted a friend. Mm. So I took her money. And then within six months, my practice virtually fizzled out. And in nine months, it completely fizzled out because I did not learn the lesson. I had other opportunities to learn the lesson, but I didn't. And so then from 2011... I got pregnant with a child so that my, my higher self and with the soul of my beautiful Abigail chose to allow me to only do nothing but grow a baby for four and a half months. That was the hardest thing because here, I'm here to help other people serve. And all I could do was lay flat on my back and grow a baby. It was the most, one of the most depressing times in my life beyond screaming in front of a mirror with Dr. Jekyll and myself. So there I am, growing a baby, saying, why, why, why? And then I remembered. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't remember until that moment, this is 2011, that I, the, the codependencies. And that's why I created that. After I had my baby, my spiritual gifts disappeared. Um, actually, during growing my baby, my spiritual gifts, like the dial changed on the radio frequency. I wasn't myself, and so I went on this where my family members thought I was lost. But the truth is that those who wander are not lost. 
So it took me several years of discovering and learning and praying and <laughs> cultivating to get my gifts a, a little bit better and back. And then also pretending to be someone else to figure out who I truly am. And now, and when I was growing the baby, I actually created a kidney disease. So again, another diagnosis of the soul. I'm still young. I turned 36 years old tomorrow, May 5th. So I created a kidney disease because um, I had some belief systems that I created at a very, very young, or very, very young age. That through the work that I do and through facilitations of other profound harmonizers, I believe that people who offer energy services are harmonizers, not healers. Healers is one of those terms that is valid and of service for of a of a language before the procession of the equinoxes. Now we're living in a new energy. Now we are in transition to being in right relationship. Now we're in transition to existing in the Aquarian age. And, and as we're in transition, we receive new vocabulary. And so I invite for those of you who do offer light, who do offer work, to tune in with the frequency of harmonizing others and harmonizing your being instead of healing. For I believe that nothing is broken. There is nothing to be fixed it is our path to simply remember, remember our wholeness. So I created a kidney disease, and in 2012, it got so bad that my husband and I had switched life insurance plans, and they came in to do, you know, the blood work and the pee work, and blood work was great. They were like, yeah, she's super healthy, but in the end, but... I was uh, peeing, protein, vitamins, minerals, and fats. My kidneys were porous. So all the vitality that I ate is no much, how much money, exorbitant amounts of money that I was spending on supplementation and support from other professionals went into the toilet. As much money as I spent to cultivate and grow myself with business coaches or people that assist me with growing a brand, any money I brought into my business immediately went out for I did not believe. I did not, not just believe, I did not know that I am worthy of vitality. So any vitality I had, I gave away. Mm. And I had done that since a child. And so then, it got really bad. You know, like at conferences I go to Ronnie with, like the David Wolf conference, I remember this conference with you there, the first time that we met Ronnie, and I'm there, and the kidneys were so bad. They were in so much pain. But I just pretended, I, I faked that the disease did not exist. Oh, yeah, and about that, I actually did pass a life insurance test because I took copious amounts of cranberry juice for two weeks because I had to take the test three times, three times to pass it. And the third time, I'm like, I'm faking this one. I took two weeks of cranberry juice, whole bunch of tonic herbals for the kidneys and everything just to get through the test. Uh, mm -hmm. And then every time, and that was in 2012 when I passed the test, December 2012. And then after that, I, um, the disease did not exist. I pretended it did not exist. Only my husband and my mother knew. My mother just kind of forgot about it. And my husband forgot about it because I forgot about it until I was in extraordinary pain. And then it got worse and worse and worse and worse until last fall, fall 2015. It got so bad. And I am on, again, on my knees. I will, dear Lord, dear Cosmos, dear Universe, dear support team, dear Pleiadians, <laughs> I will do anything to be in right relationship with my body. I will do anything to be in right relationship with money. Tell me what it is that I need to know now, because for if it's not, I can't stay here much longer. It's too hard here. So then shortly I attracted a couple new systems. One of them was this profound, profound person who I've never spoken to, never seen his face. We've only emailed each other. And he does this quantum work that activated what I needed. He assists me in, so I could heal myself. Together we cocooned my energy. 
And then I went into massive healing crisis. I was sleeping 15 to 18 hours a day in November and December. And until January 6th, I had a miraculous healing happen. And then since then, it's been a clear conduit. A clear conduit for this is my mission. This is who I'm here to serve. And this is how. And this profound serendipities that are occurring. There's beyond Ananda what I could have perceived. Yeah. Mm. Any questions? <laughs> wow, what an amazing story. Thank you so much for sharing that in <clears throat> such detail. And there's so much to extrapolate out of that um, and to, to kind of pinpoint. Um, I mean, I just kind of want to, you know, with all that, I kind of want to just move into the work that you do now because now we have the journey we have the context of what led you into this very unique series or integration of modalities that you found to actually help you when all these other things that you have tried that most people try haphazardly don't seem to hit the nail they don't seem to hit the actual core trigger so yeah I, I i assume that that's what that's kind of the the umbrella of elixir lab like all the things that you found that really turned on the triggers for you and um that you've created this modality out of yeah it's true um well in a lot of how i'm serving now i i have been serving since 2010 but, and also teaching others how to do what I do. But there were some key pieces well, that, that I was doing, but because I didn't, because my kidneys were porous, because my bolt was leaky, because I was not in right relationship with my body, I, I was not seeing it or, or communicating to my students the importance of this model. So the model that I get to teach is a 100% personal responsibility model. And this is what the, the, the quantum PhD that I received in 2010 with that client, um, where I am 100% responsible as a facilitator for the knowledge that I have, how to share this knowledge that I have, and when to use the right tool at the right time. Mm -hmm. And using clear discernment for which tool to use and when. And the, I have a very highly tuned protocols that I created before. But now it's just like, I, know, like, I went from an iOS 5.0 to an iOS 9.1. Upgrade. <laughs> on January 6th. So it was just like this, it wasn't like a tiny upgrade. It was like this massive upgrade to, holy cow. Oh yeah. So on, so January 6th had the harmonization you know, happen. Didn't know it had happened, but then I just couldn't sleep that night. It was just my higher self and the, the team reminding me, Hey, remember what we taught you here? Remember what we taught you here? Remember this? Like, this is the path to serve. And then on January 7th, I went to the toilet to pee. Cause that's what you do in the morning. You go pee first and the toilet didn't stink. I was like, Oh, I hope it works. So when I get out the pee stick to check out for, you know, the 10 different things for the pee and no protein. I was like, what? Okay, I hope this works. I just hope because everything else I try with the quantum healing or Reiki or, or acupuncture or herbs or alchemy, anything, because I really tried everything, um, would only work for a couple days. To the most it ever worked was 10 days and then it would come right back. But then I'm just like, oh, it works. You know, peace strip looks clear. And then my higher self said, you're complete. The, the plug is in. You're on your path up. And so then since then, every week has gotten better and better and better and more serendipities. So the work is, I'm 100% responsible for that. The client is also 100% responsible for three things. Showing up with curiosity. And by curiosity, I mean an openness to a new paradigm, to a new, oh, being open, not, not hoping, not praying, just being curious and open to a new way of living in right relationship with their body. Number two, they're responsible for asking questions and getting clarity. 
they, if they, <laughs> if they are not curious, if they're not curious and ready for questions, then it doesn't work. And number three, they're responsible for the follow through because every time there, there, there are activities, typically extremely easy to activities for them to implement in their life. They're responsible for those three things. And so I've been, I've been serving clients that way. It was so, so, so wild because like, my spiritual gifts, like they were there, but they were just, it's just like all ecstatic, all ecstatic. So then from January 7th to January about 20th, there were five friends and family in my life who I'm the weird one. Okay. Like to them, I have always been the weird one, <laughs> but then those people, they just come into my life saying, okay, you know, I'm having such a hard time with Lala. Like, for example, my grandmother, she was constipated. She had a surgery and then did not poop for a week. <laughs> so then my uncle said, you know what? You should call Heidi. She's got something going on. Call Heidi. So the call is what typically happens with us esoteric servicers. <laughs> She's like, last minute, oh, whatever you can do. So I offer the work and then she poops. Then another person who had debilitating back pain, debilitating. She was getting cortisone shots and getting acupuncture from her chiropractor and all this other stuff. I'm taking everything, you know, everything. And then in two sessions, the pain was gone. Mm. Another friend, you just, all, so five people, all summer, sort of like miraculous things like that happen. And, uh, and those were my test cases saying, you're back on. I was like, whoa, this is sweet. So then about four weeks ago, I'm in the middle of a client session. This is a, a VIP client who's who's invested over $20,000 for herself and her family, not just herself. And um, I'm serving her with both modalities. I'm serving her with all that I know from energy kinesiology and all the 5,700 professional hours of professional training I, <laughs> that I've had and the new tools that sources, you know, divinity is bringing through to me. And then my higher self says, Oh, sweetie. <laughs> and in the kindest, most gentle way, gave me this packet of energy. We invite you to separate the two. We invite you to separate that, which you learned from all your professional training, everything that was old energy from that which you, you are receiving in the now. If you are ready for this, you will get faster results. I was like, okay. And a little, you know, a little like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. But then the, the, the sorry part was, and you must drop the price. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you must drop the price to reflect that you're in research mode. I was like, yeah. Okay, I'll do it. So I did that and I've made that available for my um, email list and a couple other, I've been to a couple trade shows and it's just exploded. So I'm seeing um, profound things like people, a woman who complete her, like her, she was spiritually gifted and has been a conduit and a channel since a child. And then about a year and a half ago, her spiritual gifts just completely disappeared. So she shows up at this trade show and look, just saw me and got butterflies in her stomach. She's like, oh, I've never had these before. Like, okay. So it, she, she, she left the conference and she came back. She was the last person who I got to see that day. And then I've got to serve her and her gifts are awakening. It wasn't an instantaneous. It was not a miraculous thing yet because miracles only happen when there's a hundred percent on both ends. That makes sense. So it's it's that this is where we receive the miracles. And this is where some people get instantaneous feelings, and others take a decade or never get it in their lifetime. They 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 don't get it until the next lifetime. Because when both are at equal levels of a hundred percent responsibility, then this is where the magic happens. Mm. So right now, uh, for in all honesty, I am in research mode with this new modality. And I've stopped taking um, new uh, students for Elixir Lab because I'm in this is new research mode. Additionally, I've, a couple of my colleagues have 
discovered <laughs> revolutionary technology within how to quantumly activate the DNA um, through a procedure as well as through uh, quantum uh, activations from the facilitator. So there's some there's some new things that are happening that it's like, whoa, okay, let me just stick in research mode. So, and yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it. <laughs> I'm having a lot of fun because it's like, I never know what's going to happen. And I already never knew with kinesiology because kinesiology goes down the rabbit hole super fast. Mm-hmm. But now it's, it's like beyond Ananda of expectation and, and beautiful, mm. absolutely beautiful. Can you please share with us what you describe as the natural born reader method that you work with? Oh, love to. Yes. This is my free gift on my website. Mm. So all of you go to elixirlab.com, double I, E L I X I R L A B dot com, elixirlab.com. So, um, and you have to scroll to the bottom. <laughs> you have to scroll to the bottom to, to, to receive it. So, natural burn reader method. So, I believe that all of us are, are innately, we all have an innate wisdom on how to read and evaluate any, every other person and animal but we'll get there later. Every other person on the planet, your subconscious mind is hardwired to determine if someone else is safe, someone else is fun, someone else is appropriate to be in relationship with you, or if you're going to keep your distance. You've already experienced this, but when you walk into a room when there's a party and you, you know, you do, your subconscious mind processes billions of bits of data every single second. I mean, billions of bits every minute, but well, depending upon how fast you are. Ronnie's super fast, I'm super fast, because we, we learn quantumly. And others of you are remembering how to process billions of bits of data a second. So, so you're processing at least at millions of bits of data every single second. And this evaluates the shape of a face. The colors, the textures, where the eyebrows are positioned, how deep set the eyes is, what color the eyes is, how deep the eyes are determines the soul age. And if that soul is in resonance with you or in discordance with you. And so when you walk into a room, you instantly have this pull to some people. And you're like, ooh, I like to smell them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see, let's see if I can make that happen. Who knows them? How can I get an introduction? And it's not sexual, because this is all soul. This is this is soul relationships. And then we also have others who, you know, you just take a glance, even at their profile, or even the back of their head. Mm-hmm. And, but particularly if you can at least see the front of their face, you'll get more information. If you look at their face, you're like, oh, let's keep some distance there. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and, and you just avoid conversation. And you've never met them. Oh, That's because man. your subconscious yeah. mind is a genius. You are a natural born face reader. You require no training to know at least that. But your subconscious only speaks through feelings. And in a Western culture, we have been conditioned and programmed to suppress and reject and ignore our feelings and only trust what is said from someone's words. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that our system has failed you. I'm sorry that we live in a culture that ignores the wisdom from your heart. Mm. And I invite you to listen to it more often. Uh, I I, I feel like I have to jump in on this one. Go, go. Um, So what comes up for me is... All this that you're, you're talking about is very obvious to me in my own personal experience and something that I've been um, piecing the fractals and the perspectives together for a greater depth of understanding because now I, I look at life as really just a researcher and I'm researching my own experience and somehow turning that into content. And um, so I'm, I'm looking at dynamics that I have with other people and so I will just notice that there is a resonance or a dissonance. And I've noticed with like 
um, the opposite sex, for example, that there are more of these like very, especially here in Kauai, there are more of these very overt pulls or pushes energetically. And I don't think that they are aware of it, but I'm picking up on some extreme subtle energetics that are either pulling me in or more often in a lot of cases repelling me. And so my, my psychological side kicked in and just, and just assumed that it was more of like, I was picking up on some kind of insecurity. I was picking up on some kind of um, uh, unhealed trauma or wound that translated into a facial position that translated into a body language, um, mm. a looking down instead of looking into the eyes. Like, so I just, uh, I just assumed to myself like, wow, like energetically, I'm just being repelled or being cautioned to not, um, entertain or not engage too much with, certain people because it's just a dissonant um, vibration, if you will. So this is even more interesting to kind of get into more of the details and nuances of that. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Um, so nuances, like, um, where do we start? Yeah, we're all, we, we do this naturally. And so with the majority of the people and even even as harmonizers who've been on this path for decades. You know, I started self-help movement when I was 15 years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I went to my first self-help seminar and read, started reading books. Um, we get to remember that we have all the knowledge within. And when we are really in tune with our heart, which is because our heart is speaking at, at least, this is what science has proven at this point, 10 billion bits of data every single second then when you're turning with the wisdom that is in at least your heart chakra, if not beyond your heart chakra, you know someone's soul. Just by looking at someone's face for five seconds, you have their entire health history, relationship history, you know everything about them and their finances. Everything. But you consciously don't know it because you haven't been trained in face reading. <laughs> Or some of you have, and there's a new way of doing face reading because I, I was um, I started noticing a pattern with indigo people, and as I was researching this oh, three years ago, I was like, I think I can see the color of someone's aura on their face. And one of my mentors, he's um, Mac Fulfner with Amazing Face Reading. Amazing, guy. he's a he's a lawyer, and he started doing face reading to for better jury selection, so he get the right people on the right jurors, you know, and, and not and to help that because that's a big deal for lawyers and in, in a court, it's a really big deal. And another one of my teachers studied under Yogananda, and as she, her spirit, that's her spiritual teacher, is Yogananda, Paramahansa Yogananda. And I shared with them both, and I have another teacher, and I shared with them all, I was like, I'm seeing the indigo aura on the face. And, and, and it's true for their personality. This is who they are. And my, my lawyer teacher was like, nah, I haven't seen it. It doesn't exist. Just ignore it. You, you need to learn, because I just started learning from him. And um, he has come from more of the paternalistic, you know, top down. I've, he's been studying this for 35 years. He knows more than me, which is great. You know, it's, that's appropriate and true. And he's like, I don't think just ignore it. And then and I was like, okay. So then I shared with another teacher, same thing. And then I shared with my, my teacher face reading. But I saw and she's like, beautiful. I haven't seen it, but it doesn't mean you don't. Go research it. So now, not only do I see the indigo marking on the face, the violet, the crystal, the yellow. And I'm still in research mode because I don't have the full rainbow spectrum. So I don't feel like I can teach it yet. (laughs) Maybe maybe you can um, point out a few cool little um, tidbits. Like, I'm really curious, the financial one, like, what does that sometimes look like (gasps) on somebody's face? Yes. Okay. So you can tell a lot. See, um, this is something that I'm partnering, talking about partnering. We haven't agreed to anything yet. But another one of my friends who does um, the money archetypes, Mm 
And she has a beautiful description of the different money archetypes from a very esoteric place and to help people to be in right relationship with money. So I can't give it all away, but I'll give a couple of things away. So like you, if, so the, um, the nose is how people breathe, you know, your breath, your lungs are internally, your lungs are pretty much the largest organ. So, and, and air is a form of vitality. Food is a form of vitality. Money is a form of vitality. Time is a form of vitality. So each of the, each of these are vitality and they're the same frequency of money. Now, you, how large your nose is, not just the, the length from the eyebrows to the tip, but also the width, and, and also how large your nostrils are, really determine how, how well you can collect, receive, and disseminate money. But that's also time and vitality. So people, if you look at the princess and you know royalty, um, just go look at a whole bunch of royalty photos. They have very long and typically aquiline or very thin noses, very, very long because status is so important to them. And so as the, as the air comes in through the, the opening of the nostrils and up through the nose, it takes a long time to warm and feel the air past all those adorable nose hairs into the sinus cavities and then down through the trachea to fill up the lungs and the whole alveoli. So it takes longer because they they require more time to structure and order and organize vitality and energy. Now, um, one thing that if, if money is a challenge for you, which is typically a challenge for a lot of old souls because they're like, oh, I don't need money. <laughs> like, I don't need money. I just need, I need good food and organic and all that stuff, which is great. But we live in a culture of money right now. Money is the form of one of our, our energy exchanges, and especially if you live in the United States. So if you are in not right relationship with money, then you are, you have a spiritual lesson to learn. And part of that was mine. Like I am, um, I have, so if you have dimples on the end of your nose, then um, there's some life, like so the dimples on the sides of the nose are different than the dimples on the tip of the nose. Or if you have nose, nose, nipple, nose, nose, dimple. Like if you have just a big round bulbous nose, but bulbous isn't like huge, like what you see in a lot of Jewish people. That is because they love collecting things. They love, you know, having stuff around them. Any big, big tits are very earthy features. So you have an earthy feature, which is big, big tip. You have a more fire feature, which is like a dimple on the tip of the nose. And then, so an earthy feature is someone who like likes collecting things. So it, you typically see this in Jewish people. They love collecting money and they love organizing and structuring money. Then if you, a fire feature is the, a, a dimple on the tip of the nose. That's what I have. That's more of where you, <laughs> you if you are not passionate, if you have a, 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 a dimple there, if you're not passionate about, about your work and about your mission, you just don't do it. <laughs> So you probably have a lot of tasks and things that you could have done, but that you're just, you, you, you're not passionate about it. So you drop it and then you drop the project and you don't finish what your passion was. You got, you got it really excited at the beginning, the visionary, but then when it came to getting the hard work done, you just dropped it. And so you must, if you have a dimple on the tip of your nose, you must be extraordinarily passionate about what you're doing or it just doesn't happen. I'm in that category. (laughs) Then we have more of the, uh, so the metal feature is a very, very long 
aquiline nose, thin. And these are much more of the the royalty or the accountants, and they love spending time bringing order to money and taking all this extra time to make things that is structured. You know where it's at. You know where, mo- where money is coming in from, when it's coming in from. Robert Kiyosaki's work is like your best friend. <laughs> the rich dad, poor dad. You love that stuff. Long aquiline nose. And it would be a great mentor for you. Now, um, if you have, so then you, so this is weaving in the stuff that I learned from Chinese medicine. And then, let's see, what else can I teach? I think three is, one, two, I think three is good for now. How do you feel, Ronnie? I mean, that's just amazing. Like, it's just, it just completely gives a whole nother depth of of the conversation of the type of relationships to different pillars that we have in our life and obviously financial is huge and it's such a big topic with so much different perspective around it and I think that's something that as a as an energy resource the same way that our vitality our health our relationships our mental state and all that are as a resource in our life um we 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 are confused a lot of times because there's such an influx of different information and different perspectives based on different people and their own experiences, which I find equally interesting being so deeply in the in the center of an industry that is connected to many other industries. It's given me uh, an insight into, um, you know, kind of the marketing realities and the motivations and impulses behind different um, marketing and strategies. You know, for example, I really got clear on this one idea that there's so many different book titles or book concepts or um, conversations around, let's just call it money here, and how to either attract money how to earn money, um, different languages around it. So different people resonate with different messages or different strategies. And I think that's because different strokes for different folks apply. So what worked for one person in the kind of the, the languaging of it, whether it be attracting or earning two different things or two different connotations might work for, for a different person. So I feel like a lot of people are trying to put on these different hats because they ultimately don't really know how they function in that dimension. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to share one, one more thing. Yes. About, um, what you can do with the different features. So, so if you have a long, thin nose, your gift is bringing order to money. And so, what, what I invite you to do is to keep doing that. And as you're, so the, the gift for you is as you are spending, because spending money is the hardest thing for a middle person. They hate it. They hate spending money. They like just bringing it in. <laughs> they like bringing it in and I know where it's going. So every time you are either using your credit card or your debit card or cash and you are giving that money, you're, you're taking a swipe or giving the cash to someone else. As you are Handing that over, I invite you to take, so as you pull it out, deep breath in, and as you give it away or swipe, you breathe out. Because breath Mm. is money. Yes. How you breathe is the same frequency of money. So if you are spending something and holding your breath, you're like, I don't know where the next piece, I don't know where the next hundred dollars are going to come from. You are Pushing that $100 from coming even closer to you. If you allow yourself to breathe in and then breathe out as you swipe or breathe out as you hand over that cash and know that there's a universal flow of money. Breathe in, breathe out, give. And then as you receive new money, you... You, you breathe in as someone pays you or you see a new deposit in your PayPal account or a new deposit in your MindBody account or someone gives you cash. Breathe, breathe it in. Okay? So with the metal, it's all about your breath. It's all about how you breathe. Now, if you're more of an earthy person, if you just have a bit more flesh on the tip of your nose, 
um, just, just more flesh on your nose, just bigger. <laughs> so you love having people around. You're all about the tribe. And so when you spend money, I invite you to, to, to say thank you. Just feel the connection that you receive. Feel the gift of connection that you receive by spending the money. Or when you receive the money, feel the connection of the gift that you receive from these people. Like think when you're spending money, think about the people that it affects. Even if you're at, dare I say it, like Walmart or dare I say Target, you know, even if you're one of those big box stores, swipe it and think of all the lives who you bless as a result of the expense of, of your purchase. Breathe in. And breathe out. Still, do the metal thing. That's great. Breathe in and breathe out, blessing the lives of others. You really want to focus on others. Mm-hmm. Now, if your nose, if you have a dimple on your nose, a cute little, right in the midline, very fiery nose or pointy, pointy nose, you are all about joy and fun and delight. And so when you are spending money, you get to focus on So if you're spending something, how much joy does it bring you? If you're receiving something, how much joy can you bless the lives of others? Are you passionate about what you're spending or are you doing it because you have to? And if you're doing it because you have to, because you need kale today, just think about how happy your liver and colon and cells and nervous system and hormonal system will be. Think about the happy party, healthy party that's going to happen in your nervous system when you eat that kale. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's beautiful. I feel like one of the cognitive dissonances people have when it comes to making those paramount shifts in their life is um, they are in some kind of inner civil war with themselves in terms of the investment in the ROI, the return on investment or the perceived value of something based on their, you know, their, the ceiling that they have on their, you know, what they believe is valuable. Mm -hmm. And so I have these conversations with clients all the time about reframing what they're investing themselves into because you're always investing into something. So it's actually for me listening to this, it's kind of like back to that reframing perspective and getting perspective on the investments we make and having that moment, that mindfulness in each engagement, each conversation with somebody, each um, food, you know, like we just pointed out about um, kale, you know, like you know, feel into, take a moment and breathe into the value that you're providing yourself or others from this action or this investment that you're making opposed to just like, you know, I'm spending money because I have to do something. It's like, oh, that doesn't feel so good. Like, I don't, I don't feel great about that. It may be a great thing, but all of a sudden the feeling doesn't feel so good. Yeah. It doesn't. And then you restrict the flow from coming back to you. Money is water. Like money is energy and energy moves like water. And so you can dam it up by your resistance to spending or you can graciously allow it to come in and flow to you and bless the lives of others if you're earthy or have joy and pleasure and fun if you're fiery or it can bring order and structure and organization and by allowing that flow. Interesting. And so, and so that, that will be dependent um, based on your design, so to speak, like how you're designed to interact with um, money in this case, or just life in general based on, you know, and from this conversation based a lot from the way your face is structured, which is yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much more. Of course. Of course. <laughs> How long do we have? Four days? Let's, let's, let's. <laughs> I know. This Obviously, we're just scratching the surface, but I feel like we've really just uncovered a lot. So for people that are super curious about this, you just got exposed mm-hmm. to something you probably didn't even know existed. So 
Um, and we will definitely get into um, your information and where people can find you. But before we do that, I want to take the last couple minutes to give a little in-depth uh, idea of what a day in your life looks like. Like, how do you ritualize your day? Mm, I love this question. Thank you, Ronnie. Thank you. Mm. So uh, ritualization is vital for me to maintain my energy flow. So, and I just got back from a trip, trip in Las Vegas and I missed out on my evening ritual. I did my morning ritual, but there's just so much going on that I missed out on my evening ritual. And I dedicated that to connection to the people I was with. I was staying at home with uh, three other women and it was, it was just really fun to have connection time. But I missed it on the evening ritual, and I really missed it. So <laughs> now when I'm, when I'm home, I'm pretty consistent about doing a morning ritual where the first thing that I do when I wake up, um, I have an affirmation. And the affirmation that I say right now is a little bit different than it was because for a good year and a half, I would wake up, I'd wiggle my toes, and I would say, I am love. I am love. I am love. I am love. And bring my spirit back into my body. And then I would go, and I typically still do that. Like I would, I either have a kidney ritual that I would do because my kidneys are so out of whack, or um, a skin ritual where I, I bring red light onto my skin as I have a light language protocol that I do to attune myself to my wisdom from all of my lifetimes and to all of my knowledge beyond earth. So I have a light language protocol that takes about five minutes and I love it. Mm -hmm. And with the days that I miss that, it's like, it's like, okay, it's, it's, I'm still myself, but it's like, okay, I totally miss out on that. Recently, my shamamana <laughs> gave me a new ritual that I get to do every morning where one of my um, star brothers, star, and you're one of my star brothers, Ronnie, one of my star brothers taught me, he's like, I just learned this cool thing about our language, and, and he says, whenever you say something, you need to say, I can, I will, and I must. Mm. And I was like, that's kind of great. That sounds pretty masculine. I'll, that's good for you. Is where I put it. And then the the next day, I go to my shamanana. And um, it's a, a local women's group that I have here in Utah. I go to every month called Luxme. And so, and at the end of it, she gives away gifts to two to three people. And she 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 had this gift, and she said, "This woman." is bringing in the ancient wisdom. She's stewarding the ancient wisdom. And she needs to be reminded that she is doing it. This woman is here to, to bring forth new energy. And, and, she's, and I'm like, I think this is me. She's saying all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, I think it was kind of me. And then she says... And, and she needs to know, she needs to be reminded, so she has a daily ritual of this tea and this cup, and on the outside it says, actually, I can. And on the inside it says, da da da, and I will. <laughs> and, then, and so I make my tea, I bless it with uh, who I am as a way shower on my mission and how I magnet and I have all these affirmations I have myself I'm magnetizing to me the souls like my own and then I breathe into it actually I can and I will and I must <laughs> this super masculine energy and I love it so I've been doing that daily for three little over three weeks and it has been a delight it's been so delightful. So I do that before I meet any clients or, or help my children. And then I have an evening ritual. So then I surf. Like, it's just nonstop service um, all day. And then, um, then I have an evening ritual that is a light language protocol 
to assist me being in a right relationship with whatever challenge is going through, whether the challenge be with a person or the challenge be with an aspect of my cellular structure, like a gland or with a client or with money. And, and so I, it's a, it's a ritual that takes about four to eight weeks that where I'm just focused on that. And then I, and then after, you know, I finish that and then I do meditation with my daughter who's nine years old. She, it's so fun. She asked me to teach her how to meditate about uh, right after I had my harmonization of my kidneys, you know, that week. I, I forgot. So that's another, that, that, that's six people who came into my life who thought I was weird. So, which is including my, my nine-year-old daughter. Okay, mom's really cool because she's weird. And then she's like, Mom, I want to learn how to meditate. So as soon as she said that, I was like, yes! this is the mothering that I was born for. <laughs> you know, I enjoy being a mom and nurturing my kids and doing the best I can, but like teaching, teaching my child how to meditate. Yes. So we've had an evening ritual where I, I we do a guided meditation. Either I'm guiding her through or someone else's as she drifts off to sleep. And she has become a new person as a result of that. So amazing. So incredible. <laughs> I, um, I thank you so much for the harmonizing work that you're doing. I really appreciate that term. I often use harmonics as a representative for all the cycles in the body, especially the hormonal symphony, which I'm very well known for talking about, um, prophetizing about. Um, but it, it's the harmonics. It's the cyclical nature of um our body, which creates our health. It's, it's all based in cycles and it's a feedback system that tells us about ourselves, and that's the work that you do. So amazingly, um, the facial recognition is a feedback that tells us what's going on in our life and it's presents put right on our face that we can look at in a mirror. I just find that whole idea very, it's like a cosmic giggle. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, it's right in front of you. Um, yeah, it's not the tip of your nose. Yeah. All your money problems are the tip of your nose. Yeah, <laughs> so good, so good. So for all of you out there, if you're... And, oh, not the money problems, all of you, the answers to any money challenge you have are on the tip of your nose. What a, what, that's an incredible punchline. Yeah. Mm. Mm. For everyone listening, obviously, if you're still listening, you're into this. That's clear. And if you follow my work, then you probably by default are into this kind of thing anyways. Um, so what I really would love is for you to share with us um, where everybody can find more about your work and um, what you might be up to, different projects that people can look forward to. Uh, give it to us. Absolutely. So you can find me at the website elixirlab.com. E-L-I-X-I-R-L-A-B dot com. So there you can send a message there. Um, and I also respond pretty quickly to Facebook messages. So if you go to um, my business page, which is Elixir Lab, and I think it's Facebook forward slash E-L-I-X-I-R-S-L-A-B. So it's plural, Elixir's Lab. Um, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so I respond pretty quickly to Facebook messages too, um, particularly the business page. But business page, you can just search Elixir Lab, and um, you'll see you'll see me. Mm. So either, and I'm looking forward to seeing you and all your faces. And and no, I only read faces with compassion. Mm. That's my mission. And so, if you would like to learn how to evaluate a face with compassion. Go to my website and receive the free gift. I'll teach you through a three-part video series on how to read others' faces with compassion. I mm, love that. No judgment. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, brother. Mm, yeah. All right, everyone. Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed this interview as much as I have and all the amazing insights and tools that you can now start implementing in your toolbox. It's time to take whatever resonated with you from this and put it into 
practical action. And maybe the best way to do that is check out more of Heidi's work and go to her website and see what this whole thing is all about and just dive head first into it. And with that, as always, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the official Ronnie Landis podcast show. And until next time, aloha. Mm, aloha.